welcome. Thank you for listening to this wholesome word by David Entry. The words you catch will change your world. May your story change from this message. Be blessed. Colossians chapter 1. Reading from verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and irreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Let's pray. God, our God and Father, thank you for bringing us together this morning for fellowship and for impacting yourself into us that will be more and more like you and like Christ so that by the time you come in, we are just like you. We pray that as we open up ourselves to the teaching of your word, Lord, let grace, let Christ be organically imparted into us that will be moved from one level of glory to the other, that the mystery that has been kept hid from generations and ages will be made clearer to us the more us we become more like Christ. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'm not even sure where to start, whether from last time or from today's reading. Let's start from somewhere. <laughs> We've been talking about how um, the Colossian church, Paul was trying to get them to come to proper understanding of Christianity and the core and the bedrock of Christianity, which is our knowledge of Christ, who Christ is, and the more we begin to know him and him being revealed to us. And when we talk about knowing Christ, we are not talking about just knowing just a historic Jesus or a historical Jesus. It's also about knowing Christ who is our life. Now, so if you only know a historical Jesus, you cannot grow in Christ. 
If that's all you know, that's what people go to. Sometimes go to seminaries thinking by giving their, themselves to intellectual, intellectual exercises in biblical information and extra biblical, biblical information to enrich what the Bible has or the whole theological journey. It makes them better Christians. No, it doesn't. Because what makes you better, a better Christian is not just an information in your mind, but a revelation in your heart. The revelation of Christ you know is what determines how deep you are in God and how spiritual, how deeply spiritual you can be. So that Christ will be revealed to us, but that's not the end of the story of Christianity. The Christ who is revealed to us must also be revealed in us. So Galatians chapter 1, Paul puts it this way. When it pleased God, verse 15, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Say the grace of God. Say the grace of God. Anything you are in Christ is just grace. It says, it pleased God. And it began to describe this God I'm talking about. The one who made me get born on this earth. That's another way of saying he separated me from my mother's womb. So who, I, I was born, I became a human being because God willed it. But being a human being is not the biggest breakthrough. That is not pleases heaven. That human beings are born. Human beings being born is good news and must be celebrated. But what really pleased God, he said, when it pleased God who separated me to reveal. This pleasure is more about the revealing of Christ in me. His job is he separated me. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, to do what? To reveal his son in me. So his pleasure is him revealing his son in you. Not you just even being born again. It gives him pleasure to get up born again because it is, we have been called according to the pleasure of his goodwill. So he's happy that he planned you. But much more, he wants to reveal Christ in you. Your Christian life is nothing until Christ is really being revealed in you. So it is not enough for Christ to be revealed to us. Christ needs to be revealed in us. And Christ cannot be effectively revealed in you until he's formed in you. <laughs> he said, I travail, Galatians chapter 4, verse 19, my little children of whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed, formed in you. There are women listening to me right now inside whom babies are being formed. Proper human beings are being formed. I'm talking about a pregnant woman. When a woman says, I'm expecting, why? Because something is being formed and very soon God will separate that thing that is being formed from her her womb, hallelujah. Being formed. And he says that it is not enough. You, 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 You should be like a pregnant woman in your Christian journey. That Christ is being formed in you. Christ is being formed in me. 
Christ is being formed in me. Say, Christ is being formed in me. So, it is important that Christ is revealed in us as Christians. And the Christian journey is a lifelong journey. The Christian journey is not just being present at events. Some people have gotten the wrong end of the stick when it comes to Christianity. Thinking Christianity is all about God, they are so important, so now everything in the world revolves around them. God just loves you, and it's all about you. Get over yourself. It's not about you. Get over yourself. And this excessive message on God, God loves you, God loves you. Even when you are messing up, God should change his approach because you are so important. You are not the center of gravity, please. Get over yourself. The reason why, listen, listen, let, people must get this right straight. Let's stop trying to change God's approach and how God deals with things. Because someone is sad, because someone is hungry, because someone, it, God doesn't care. What God cares about is his plan. What God cares about is not your problems. <laughs> what God cares about is his plan. If his plan comes in contact with your problem, your problem will give way. You are busy not caring about what God cares about, and you want him to stop everything because you are suffering. You'll be buried. And are people not dying everywhere? People are born again, they will die. People will die because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, I think one four or something like that. Uh, one generation comes, another generation and goes, another generation comes. But as for the earth, the earth is here. So anyone who came is on its way out. Yes, yes, wow. We come to come and fulfill assignment and the reward will then show after we have left. No one comes to school to stay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if people have been to school, after they finish school, we will see the rewards in what they did when they were in school. We didn't come here to stay. We came to go. But where we are going, it says that we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone will give an account. Everyone will give an account. Where you are going is place of accounts. And not only accounts, rewards, but the rewards are determined by the outcome of the accounts. And the accounts is going to be based on what we are doing here, especially how we fulfilled God's plan. So watch this, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. He has called us according to, the Bible talks about his purpose, his purpose. In him also, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of God, not according to our problems. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for good. Is that right? For good. To those who love God, and what? Is that the end of the story? Even if he said to those who God loves, God loves the world, but those who love him change their story. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say it again. How is this? Oh, God is love. God is, how can you say God who is love cannot, doesn't care about how people feel? Get, around, get over it. <laughs> Things change for people who love God. The bigger question is not whether God is love. That's not, that's not a question because it's obvious. You wouldn't be here. The bigger question is, do you love God? 
you, the one who is opening your mouth about how you are important and God, you, do you love God? Do you love God? Do, do, do you love, what are you willing to sacrifice for God? What, how much are you willing to sacrifice your feelings for God? Mm. You, you are claiming that because God loves you. He should change his word to suit your feelings. Get over yourself. That's a demonic doctrine. Get over yourself. He said, oh, how love I your law. When you love God, it's, you don't care. He says, then if you love me, obey my commandments. Yes, 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 yes. But now we are telling God, God, if you love me, change your commandments. <laughs> if you love me, change your commandments because this is how I am. This is how I, I can't stand black people. I can't stand white people. So change your commandments. That's how, that's how, that's how I was born. That's, that's, my, that's my, I'm oriented to hate people. Hey. Change your commandments. Hey. Hey. Christianity is Christ. Watch this, Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. He said, when Christ, who is our life, if Christ is not your life, you are not a Christian. Doesn't care what church you attend. If Christ is not your life, you are not a Christian. Don't come and tell me what church you attend, what Bible you read, what version, all those things are not, not important. What makes you a Christian is when Christ, who is our life, our, my life is not me anymore. Not, I am crucified in Christ, and nevertheless I live. Yet not I, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, but Christ who lives in me. That is what we talk about, you are a Christian. Mm-hmm. But many people are not Christians, they say, God loves, God loves. Please, I'm not interested in that anymore. Yeah. I'm above that. Don't come and use the love of God to intimidate everybody about because God is love, this is what he must do. Like somebody saying that uh, there's no love in the church. You are a hateful person. That's what that's the first thing you pick up. Manipulators always say people don't love. You the one saying people don't love. You, do you love? I mean, if you are in love with people, you don't even see they don't love you. You don't, you don't notice it. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Love, anytime you hear someone say there's no love in the church, the person is a very hateful person. It's a very self-centered person. Narcissistic, self-centered, and is very far from living for, with, for Christ. No, it's nowhere in the Bible God commanded us to be loved. He commands that you should love. It's a command. I'm tired with the church being filled with unchristians. People who are invading the church, they look like Christians, but at core, you see, if not even hearing God's word, at core, selfless living for Christ is very foreign to them. Selfless living for Christ is so, so, so foreign. To, it's so foreign to them. It's uh, just me and me and how I feel. Don't people know how I, I feel? And how can people treat me? And, 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 can't you see that you are the only one talking to yourself? <laughs> you can never be a, a true servant of God, someone God is using, who doesn't know how to sacrifice your feelings, sacrifice your desires, sacrifice yourself first. Put yourself on the altar. That's a sacrifice before you call people to come and put their own. <laughs> Christ is our life. He said, when Christ, Colossians chapter 3, verse 
for. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you, sh- you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Tell someone, Christ is my life. Christ is my life. So, <laughs> so, Paul wrote to this church trying to get them. Get them because he has heard about them. He has heard about their faith. He has heard about their love for the saints. He's heard about them and he's, he's happy about them. But he's also heard that there's an invasion or infiltration actively trying to overtake them in their meetings. Infiltration of ideas. Ideas that eclipse Christ. Ideas that obscure Christ. Ideas that marginalizes Christ. Ideas that make Christ one of the options. But Paul had to come in like a military man with military-like message to try to get rid of everything and just elevate the Christ because Christ is supreme above everything and Christ is sufficient. Christ is sufficient. And so then he, he from the 21 we just read, that he said, and you who were alienated in your, uh, and enemies in your mind by wicked ways, now have been reconciled. So he said, you have been reconciled. And then let's move on. Then in the body of his flesh through death. So you see, that is a heavy statement. He, what he's saying, that you have been reconciled, he just want you to understand that you've been reconciled by the means through which you have been reconciled. So there's heavy loaded and heavy weight Christian doctrine. So it looks like it's just a statement, but I say you have been reconciled to God, you are an enemy, reconciled to God. Enemies reconciled to God through the body of his, uh, 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 of his flesh, by flesh, in the body of his flesh, through, through death, to present us holy, blameless, above reproach in his sight. Indeed, if you continue and be grounded, steadfast, or move, not move away from the hope which is laid up for us, which was preached to every creature under the heavens, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now watch this. As I said the other time, he's beginning to tell the terms of his, his being, him being a minister. He said, these things that your hope, I became a minister of this thing that has been preached. Now look at this, continue. And, then, and now I rejoice in my sufferings for you. How can you be a, belie- a, a leader? Let me tell you something. If you have been in church a long time and you are not impacting people, for their spiritual growth, and the church can boast of your blessing to the church. I think you should be concerned about your spiritual development. It doesn't matter how, how nice shoes you wear. One of the things that I've always desired, that as I grow in the Lord, may there be very minimal, not at all, or at most minimal, Record that I was fighting this one in church. I, I didn't get on this. There shouldn't be that kind of record in my, my journey. If, <laughs> if I have issues with somebody, it should be on basis of doctrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That this person, well, we are having an argument on the, 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 the. It should be a standard Christian thing. Not, not I, the way, the way it made me feel, and I, this one, I never talked to them. And then sometimes you and somebody are fighting so much, they have to call you into oh, meetings oh. and arguing. What the shit? 
Now think about what I'm saying. Think about what I'm saying. What surprises me is how we can say things and do things and I, I don't like you, I don't talk to you, and, you, and we do it with impunity. Mm. We display carnality with impunity. So many people for many genuine Christian life, so when, you have, when you're a Christian, you still have some struggles. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You still have some struggles. But the beauty of pure Christian heart is that when just in case your struggle begins to show, you don't flaunt it like you don't care. You don't do that. You try and find a way to cover it or you don't show it that this is a struggle. And I don't mind, I I don't don't care. That's what I'm talking about. Those of you who are in churches and are busily quarreling. And you don't care who, what anybody thinks. I'm trying to say, let's Christians shy away from display of carnality. When you are being carnal, please, it's a disgrace. It's not something that we should boast of. So if I post it this way in Ephesians chapter 5, it says that certain things should not even be once named amongst us. It, 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 might, be, it might happen, but please, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be something that, but fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness, let it not even be named amongst you. That is fitting for saints. This is those of us who are so carnal and unchristian in some of our behavior so that we don't care. And we always say, at least God understands. We don't. And yeah, don't judge me. That's another way of hiding, excusing carnality. Excusing carnality. You are busy gambling. Don't judge me. And those who normally say don't judge me are the ones who are impatient and unmerciful when they are judging others. Telling me there is no love. Meanwhile, you are busily complaining and saying that somebody is bad. Show me the love then. Show me, oh, this person did this bad, you know what? We are all growing. We are all growing. I love him. He's an amazing person, just that Show me love, man. Show me love. So we are all growing. Paul was trying to get them moving from one. I had to say this because a lot of carnalities displaying too much across the charismatic churches. As for some of the orthodox churches, some leaders are not even born again, so they have time to argue about some things. They they, they are not even, they don't know Christ. So that's a different thing. (laughs) But you are a tongue talker. Born again, blood washed, stone talker, evangelizing, wearing t-shirt on the streets. Water baptized. <laughs> so we, we 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 have to pray that God gives us grace to become more like him or reflect more of his word yes. that is getting into us. Yeah. Yeah. And we are growing. Mm. Look at what Paul said, that him we preach, verse 28, mm. I'll come there, but I'll, let me go ahead of myself. Mm. Him we preach, him we preach, him we preach, warning every man and teaching. We don't only teach, we have to want to. Mm. Yes. 
warning and teaching. You know some people, every man, yeah, every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect. That was our agenda. Our agenda. Listen, I'm a pastor. I'm not a, a social worker. <laughs> At all. My agenda, my, it, it, it consumes me. My desire is to present you perfect in Christ. In other words, mature in Christ. That's my job. That's my drive. That is not you getting so much job so you give tithe. All those things are just side effects of growing in Christ. Side effects. Not that you, listen, I need you to be married, but I want you to be more like Christ than you being married. Yes, yes. More like Christ. I want you to break through. I want you to do well in life. I want you to be a church leader, but I want you to be more like Christ than being a church leader, being a millionaire, being somebody prominent in society. All those things are good, but my job, my drive is not just your healing. My drive is not just your peace that you can't sleep, attacks in your night. My drive is not that. But as a human being, I feel sorry when someone is going through that. It touches me. But my drive and my, my assignment and my mission is to present you perfect in Christ. Perfect in Christ. Just in case you are not interested in that, I'm very happy to let you go. Yes, just go. Because what you are asking me for, I don't got it. I don't got it. Every restaurant is looking for customers, right? Every restaurant is looking for customers. But just in case you go to Morley's and you go and ask for fried rice, they will show you that there's a certain... It's not like they are discriminating against you. It's not like they don't like you. No, they like you. They, 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 they really want you to be part of their customers. But at this material t- moment, it's, the, it's not on the menu. Find somewhere else. The church has only a certain menu. You can't change it and say the church must change its menu and include your desires. Get over yourself. Demons possess generation. Thank you. Demon possess generation. Come on. Wow. The church should, you should change. Wow. We should change. Because you, you want to eat mangoes. of your singular appetite. I was on that plane and they didn't serve nuts. They didn't serve nuts. They didn't serve nuts. A whole cabin. I don't know if the rest of the plane, but my cabin, they they didn't serve nuts. Do you know why? Before we took off, the pilot made an announcement that there is someone who has an, an unusual allergy to nuts that the reaction can be so severe, it's life-threatening. Mm. So just in case you have nuts with you, please don't. There's somebody's life is at stake ah, on this plane. Ah, ah. Because of that person, I know you are addicted to nuts, mm. but for this moment, for this moment, for this moment, you can't have nuts. Yes. And so what we all normally enjoy, there's one person on, on board 
The person's presence denied us from enjoying what naturally we want to enjoy. There are times you have to shelve your desires and what you think you want for bigger purposes and important purposes. And all this narcissistic lifestyle that has been couched in liberties and freedom. Don't I have my liberty to eat my nuts? Peanuts. Peanuts, cashew nuts, okay. All right, I got you. All right. All right, let's go back to. Is someone getting something? I haven't gone far at all. All right, I think I should look into the text. It says that, hmm, thank you, Jesus. Who now rejoices in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God which was given to me for you. Say, I've made a minister not based on my feelings and based on my education, not based on my status, social status, but it's based, uh, based on the dispensation of God. What does that mean? God's own plan. The dispensation, the Greek word oikonomia, God's own agenda is what determines who is a minister, who is going to do this kind of job assignment in this area, in this city, in this. If you see someone God is using mightily somewhere, and most of the manifestation of God in the in obedient vessels are unprecedented. What do I mean? We all never saw it coming this way. When God really is using somebody, it's, oh, wow. This is, this is, this is, this thing is, their outcome is bigger than we could have projected. When you go to America and you see what God has done through some of these great, great, great men of God, you go to Africa, you go to um, anywhere, anywhere in the world, uh, South Korea, when I went there and I saw buildings that the church has had influence over, and the skyscraper that is owned by the church, and that chief executive of multinational companies are normal, humble ushers in the church. What is it about this young Joe? How come? I can't say that I'm coming to do the same thing here. Because if if he did it, he can do it. But I shouldn't think because I know better than him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I can't think, I can't say because my sense is better, I should do it. No, it's not based on your human ability. It's based on his dispensation, his oikonomia, his program, which is greater than anyone can envision. It's greater. So then, what we should seek to always do, first of all, is to desire to reflect exactly his personal agenda, God's agenda. And number two, have a desire that he will use us in a very mighty way. Yeah, you have to desire. If you don't desire, that's also another story altogether. You have to desire. Some of us, some people listening to me, God can never use you because you don't have a desire to be used. You don't have a desire. But Paul didn't plan to be used. That's why he says that, you don't know, you think Paul never planned to be used. Jesus met him 
and he saw a light greater than the noonday light. Uh, okay, now uh, chapter 26, verse 13. And light greater than the midday light. And then he fell. And he wasn't the only one who fell. All the people who are traveling. So be careful who you are traveling with. When God comes after them, what happened to you? You can also. Yeah. Yeah. They all fell, not only him. And, and all that. And so that's how Paul became. No. He actually was busy thinking he was doing God's service. Killing people God was using. That's what he said himself. He said, I was busy. I was killing them. Putting them in prison. Going from house to house. Temple, synagogue to synagogue. He said, I was arresting them in synagogues. Into foreign cities. Yes. Yes, And and I cast my votes. I cast my votes against them. Yes. So he was busy being a missionary on the negative side. And one of the places said, thinking I was doing God a service. Yeah. That's what he thought. So he thought he was serving God. But he was rather on the wrong side. So he actually had a desire to serve God. And now when he met God himself, he said, I'm not willing to only suffer. I'm willing to die. So stop crying for me that they are going to punish me. So you see his desire. No wonder he did so much. God used him to do so much. Because he had the de- You don't have the desire. You want to be one of the greatest gospel voices in our generation. And yet you don't want to serve in a choir. Think about it. There are people who want to be pastors. But are not serving in any local church. I'm wondering. <laughs> it's, it's like you are born by mistake. You don't understand these things. Eh? <laughs> You want, you, you want to lead God's people and not ready to be mentored? They continued in the apostles. So you have to go. There's something that already is going on before you showed up. So submit yourself into it. Flow into it. So Paul, talking about how he, Paul, has, is willing to suffer all these things. And, and he has been made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which was given to him for you. I like that, that, that phrase always gets my given to me for you. So said, given to me for you to fulfill. Ah, to fulfill. The, the, the other time I said, I explained that the, the Greek, original Greek word translated fulfill can also render to feel. Translators have had an issue of how to actually translate that word, to feel. And it also means to complete. I mean, in what way is Paul feeling the word of God? He's feeling it. How? So some better still use to fulfill it. But how is he fulfilling? It comes, it sounds quite friendly. It's like, okay, I've been called to do it, so I'm fulfilling it. No, not so much just obeying it. It's like the word is supposed to be completed. And when, what he was, this is now the meat of the message. What he was talking about, he was making reference to something that has not fully been made clear. And he has an assignment, like when you come to church and you, 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 the word of God is being taught, it should make something in God's word, in God's plan, clearer to you. So after that preaching, you should be able to say, okay, I got it now. Especially if you study the Bible. If you are a good student of the Bible, you read your Bible, when good teachers are teaching, certainly you begin to connect the dots. 
yeah. Oh, yeah. So in, in good services, there should be quite a few, oh, ah, oh, yeah. See, that's how the word of God is being fulfilled, is being completed. So he says that I have been given this assignment to fulfill the word of God, and then he makes, he takes it further by saying that the mystery, the word of God is, if you look at the composition or the grammatic structure, it tells you that the next verse which says that even the mystery. Now, it's, it says that I've, been, I've received, um, I've been given the dispensation of God, given to me for you, in what way? To fulfill the word of God, even the mystery. So this mystery is in direct relation to the word of God. Am I making sense? So the word of God, it says, even the mystery, the mystery which has been hid huh? from ages and from generation. Ages means eternity. Generation means time. Some things have been hidden. Some things was hid. This is interesting. Who hid it? And hidden where? And it says that he is now being given the assignment to complete it. The things that really didn't make complete intellectual sense. He said, I've been given the assignment to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery. That's, so Moses preached something. Elijah preached something. Jeremiah, Enoch spoke about some things. Isaiah, David, Aaron, all these great ones. Abraham even spoke about some things. These guys spoke about things which when you look through the ages, it still is not complete. There is some incompleteness about everything Abraham did. There is an incompleteness about everything Moses said. And there is so much incompleteness about everything the prophets said. So you are reading what the Moses and the prophets have said, and it makes intellectual sense, but Still, where is this thing going? It's like, what, 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 what's the whole picture of this thing? It looks like there was a master craftsman who has started something. But you've been following, okay, it makes sense. But I guess what time is like the picture is not really complete. It's not really complete. You might think, oh, I've got it, I've got it. But something remains, something still remains unclear. And it has always been like that. To generations and not only to man, even angels still feel something is not clear in this picture. Something so Ephesians chapter chapter 3, verse 10, it says that by the church, God's manifold wisdom will be made manifested to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. So his his multifarious, multifaceted wisdom will be on display to these cosmic observers. This celestial and terrestrial observers. They are watching this thing. So Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, it says, which angels desire to look into. So the prophets who were prophesying about these things, as they prophesy, they go, what am I talking about? What did I just say? What am I talking about? So, so they were, they prophesied and they start, they began to inquire 
But the things they are talking about, when they spoke about the sufferings of Christ and the glories that should follow, they were speaking about it, but after they speak about it, they wonder, what, what, what am I just talking about? They speak, and the angels also desire to look into it. Why do you think in Luke chapter 15, I think so, says that when a sinner converts, angels rejoice in heaven? Yeah. Because they are all observers. They are watching God's eternal plan begin to unfold. It's playing out before them. And something always remains hidden to them, the angels, and hidden to man. And what God has hid within himself, which is God's actual eternal plan, Mm -hmm. the totality of his eternal plan has always been hid from man and from angels. It's been hid from them. Now, this, so it becomes a mystery because it's hidden. There's something. How many of you have read the Bible before and you didn't get it? You, you read the Bible and uh, every time there's always there's always a question about something you read. Hello, if you have not been reading your Bible, you don't know what we are talking about. But if you if you've been reading your Bible, you will know there's always a question. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, what 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 this thing exactly? And it's it's always like that because we are all growing, growing. Now, did you realize today's reading in the verse six how this man was? saying to Agrippa. Now, for your information, King Agrippa, okay, was a very knowledgeable person when it comes to Jewish culture, according to verse three. When it comes to Jewish, their culture, their story, because see, do you have Agrippa? Agrippa was the, the grandson of Herod. So Herod, the one who wanted to kill Jesus, his grandson is the one who wanted to kill Peter. Because the one who wanted to kill Jesus died. And then another one came. And then that one who came, his son. And his daughter, that one who came, his daughter is called Benis. Youngest daughter. Very pretty girl. Very pretty girl. So pretty that, that the one who wanted to call, kill Peter. This, his youngest daughter was called Benis. This girl was so pretty that Agrippa being her brother, she became the consort, she became, she, so, so she wasn't like they were, they, they were partners, even though they were re- related, yet there was something going on, and yet she, she was married, and he took her from the husband, and she eventually also got married to, uh, uh, I think, Nero. Yeah, she, 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 was, she was a player. She was very pretty, so she was everywhere. So sometimes she'll be in, she'll go to, watch this, sometimes she'll go to Rome. And when she went to Rome, the emperor was her mate. And she lived there, but sometimes she'll come back to Judea, and when she comes, her brother, who was the king, was also her partner. So, so the Bernice, Bernice, Bernice was the girl. So when Felix, Felix had a problem and so he was, he was ousted. He was ousted because he didn't behave well. So Caesar removed him and Festus inherited, uh, took over. So after a while, Felix went and uh, Festus took over. And when Festus took over, there was this prisoner, Paul. 
So he took over the case. And the Jews said, now that you have come as a political gesture, release it. He said, how can I release a prisoner for you like that? I'm, I'm going to Jerusalem myself, so let's all go. Let's hear him. And so when he heard the story, he realized that this thing is more complex than I, I was. And you know what? Did you remember that Paul was reasoning concerning righteousness, yes. justice? And you know, he was actually dealing with his own sister, Bernice. Yes. Yes. Agrippa was in Bernice. But Festus had a dodgy life. So when he reasons this thing, the guy got scared. And now watch this. So um, they, he takes over, and he listens to Paul, and he realizes that, no, I can't deal with this matter. So he said, can, can I give it to the Jews so they can try you? He said, no, I appeal to Caesar. I said, once uh, uh, someone appeals to Caesar, you can't just, let, so Supreme Court, to Caesar you must go. Anyway, so then when he heard that Agrippa was coming, he thinks, okay. Now that you are coming, you are very familiar with the Jewish culture and everything that's been going on there. So I think I will let you listen to him so you can help me know what to write about this prisoner before I send him. I'm about to send him to Caesar, but I don't know what to write because there's no sensible charge against the man. So I need to know. So they came. And then after he introduced him to Agrippa, Agrippa said, Paul, you are now free to speak to for yourself. And Paul said, I'm happy that you are not ignorant about this Jewish system. Then he starts saying that how he was a Pharisee, according to the strictest sects of their religion. He lived a Pharisee. He was very strict, so he wasn't a vain person. He was a very religious and correct person. Watch this. This is very important. The reason why I said this was he was living based on Pharisees were not used, they were not um, atheists, and they were not pagans. They actually, and they didn't practice any other religion. It's Judaism. They were strict. Their Judaism was the strictest level. So they were practicing Judaism. And so they, they studied it very well. And yet, he didn't know. So he was practicing something which was hidden from him. Practiced it, but he didn't know what he was practicing. It was hidden from him. Then God calls him. God calls him and says, come, I'm going to send you. And then look at verse 16. I'm going to send you. And then he told him, rise up on your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a... Do you remember I said, I've been made a minister? To have appeared to make you a minister and a witness. Watch this. There are two things that God said that got my attention. And a witness of the things which you have seen. God, that's when he fell and the experience and all that. And not only that, because when you enter, there is even much more God is about to show to you. So the things which you have seen and the things that I'm about to show to you. I'm about to open your eyes to understand the mystery. So I'm going to make you a minister. And then he says, look at verse 18. God told him, I'm going to send you to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to the power of Satan to God, that they might receive forgiveness and inheritance amongst all that are sanctified. I'm sending you to do that. And they said, oh, I was not disobedient to the vision, but I became obedient. Look at verse 21. Declare first to those in Damascus and Jerusalem, throughout all the regions of Judea, and the, then the Gentiles, that they should repent. That's his preaching. Yes. But I said, I'm going to send you to open their eyes. Yeah, that's where it starts. Wow. Repentance. Church life starts with yeah. repentance. 
Church life starts with? Repentance. Church life, true church life starts with? Repentance. Those who have not repented, they come with their opinions. And they want to impose their opinion on what God's word says. And tell me that the church doctrine is old. Yes. It's only Christianity you can do that to. Oh, yeah. If you are that genuine, <laughs> if you are that genuine, and you know your intentions are, are genuine, are pure, are authentic, go there. Go and tell them in their other religions that their books are very old. So it's not current. It is not current to the modern day app. <laughs> yes, you revise it. Leadership of Christianity is replete with fake, 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 fake ministers. Some of whom are not born again. Some of them is just career. It's career. I'm not born again. So please, if, if someone is sitting on BBC, I'm a prophet, or sitting on CNN saying that, or any TV station, wherever, even Christian TV station saying, I'm an apostle. Please don't be moved by these titles because these titles don't mean anything. Anybody at all can take some on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody can, in fact, there are people who give titles. Yeah. Yeah, titles. Generally, titles, generally, Titles really, especially religious titles. They don't, they don't, it's, it's, I'm a, I'm a bishop. I'm an archbishop. And so what? It doesn't make you a representative of Christ. But an archbishop has been trained. Yeah, but it doesn't mean, no, it doesn't mean he knows the mysteries. He's been trained. That's the mind is trained. The mind is trained. Because an archbishop or a bishop can never, if you're representing Christ, can never say anything that is different from what the scripture. In fact, he doesn't have anything to say. All he's got to say is that, la BBD, that's French, la BBD, la BBD. Any pastor who has something to say outside of la BBD, la Bible D, that means the Bible says, that's French. Anybody who has something else to say outside of la BBD, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's, I will say that we are not like those who, who pervert the word or twist the word, corrupt the word of God. Hallelujah. So, Paul says that I've been given this assignment to, uh, you know, so the, uh, now look at the verse 22. It said, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand. Therefore, having obtained help from today, witnessing both to small and great, saying, watch this, this way, saying nothing than those things which the prophets and Moses said should come. So anything we are saying is not new. It can look, it can look ancient, but it's very relevant and very current because it is not of God if the prophets and Moses, and the, in other words, the scriptures have not spoken about it. And whatever Paul was saying in the New Testament was not new because the scriptures have been saying it, but now he's called to open it up. He has been called to open it up to make it complete. The mystery, the mysteries, the mysteries. The mysteries. So let's quickly look at this. So he says that, verse 26 again, the mysteries, verse 26 of uh, Colossians 1, he says that even the mystery 
which has been hit from ages and generation, but now is made manifest to his saints. Oh, okay. It didn't remain hit. Now, Romans chapter 16, verse 25 and 26. Look at how he puts it. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world. So he says that, watch this, it is it's going to establish you according to my gospel and according to the revelation of a, a certain mystery. Mystery that was kept hid or kept secret. This thing was kept secret. Now, God will go, is going about to establish you based on the revelation of that thing. So, a Christian minister must be able to explain or reveal the mystery of God, which agrees with what Moses wrote and agrees with what the prophet said. Oh, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? Because you are familiar with this Jewish story. Do you believe the prophets? I know you do because you can't deny it. And whatever the prophet said, Paul was saying that they, their hope based on the hope of our fathers. I served God based on the hope of our fathers. Verse 8, why do you consider it an incredible thing that God should raise the dead? I've been serving. It's verse 6, verse 6, verse 6. Look at verse 6. He says that I went there, but let me say this again. Verse 6 says that, and now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made by God to our fathers. Mm. So you see, the things that God has been speaking about is not different from what we have been preaching about yes. if we stay true to the word. Yes. God has, is a God of the ages. Ah. And he started speaking about this from the beginning. He hasn't changed his mind. Yes, yes, yes. The Bible doesn't need updates. No, no, no. No, no, at all. That's not at all. Anyone who tells you that Bible needs an update means that their mindset needs an update. Thank you. An upgrade. Because if, it is, if you are blinded, you think this thing is up, needs updating. But if you begin to see, like Paul said, to make all men see, as soon as you okay, I think most of those people have not encountered a true preacher. They have not, you haven't encountered, when you, watch this, when you encounter a true preacher, most of the, tr the truth in God's word, not about uh, that shall be nice, that shall be kind, those are petty things. <laughs> what am I talking about? God's plan from eternity to eternity. His eternal economy is what begins to get unfolded to you as you are growing in Christ. If you are not knowing this, you are not growing. If you are not knowing this, your Christian life is not completed. Your Christian life cannot be completed without beginning to understand, watch this, what is God's purpose in all this thing? From beginning, he created Adam and Eve. And at the end of the day, the Bible is going to end with a big marriage, proper God's kind of marriage. The Bible is going to, it started with marriage and it's going to end with big marriage. What's the purpose? If you are not growing to begin to appreciate that, that means that the mystery is hid from you. Yes, 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 yes. Still hid. Because Moses never knew about a marriage coming. They might have even mentioned it, yeah. but they didn't know because this thing is a great mystery. mystery. It's a great mystery. So Paul said, and as we read in Romans chapter 16, that God, according to the revelation of the mystery, look at the next verse, but now it's made manifest. 
and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandments of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 9. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 2. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God given to me, you see that thing as I pray again, for you. Give it to me. What's the, look at the next verse. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. So when Paul was standing before King Agrippa saying that God said, go, and I'll speak to you. Go, I'll show you things to say. He was making references, not some, some strange revelations. Or he's talking about actually the revelation of this thing that has been hidden in God. It's been hid in God for generations. It's been kept secret in God for generations. Verse 4, Ephesians chapter that, verse 4. Whereby, when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Say the mystery of Christ. Say the mystery of Christ. As I said previously, there are two. The mysteries are in two ways. These two make the great mystery of God, which has been hidden from the ages. Look at verse 9. Verse 9 sounds quite, quite, very interesting. And to make all men see what is the fellowship the word fellowship is the oikonomia, mm. the dispensation, mm-hmm. the, the God's economy. What is the, what is the major plan of this mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by... So when God created all things, he created all things, he hid something. Mm. He hid it. If God hides it, how can you find it? <laughs> Hide and seek. Come on. If God hides it, tell me what research you can do to find it. It was healed. That is why God waited for a time. And after the sufferings of Christ, after the sufferings of Christ, now this can be revealed and be taught. He had to call Paul, who was caught in the old Judaism system. He had to call him and by revelation now to reveal Christ in him. And then Paul now began to teach the church. So now this church that has become very much on fire in faith in Christ and love for God need to be brought up to speed with the revelation. Other than that, these all kinds of infiltration, ideologies that were coming and being accepted as social norms were about to break down the church. Paul said, I need to bring you to speed. And this thing, this revelation is about Christ and it's a mystery. If the world don't appreciate it, no problem because it's a mystery but has been revealed to the people of God. Colossians 1.26. Let's go back to it and then I'll end. Colossians 1.26. I think it will do us justice if we consider it from the Amplified Bible. It says that the mystery of which was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men, but is now revealed to his holy people, the saints. These things were hidden from generations, from angels and men. They wouldn't know it. God hid it from them. But he hasn't kept it permanently hidden. It's now revealed. It's now revealed to who? The world? No. The world? No. The universities? No. To who? The church. It's revealed to his holy people. 
This God, God is, that's why we come to church and hear the word of God. That's right. That's to be able to get our system updated with regards to the mystery of God. We are growing in it. We are getting it. We are understanding it better and better and better and better. Look at the NIV. And the new NLT, we go to NLT. We'll read the next verse too. The mystery that has been kept hidden from ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. NLT. The, this message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now has been revealed to God's people. Look at the next verse, NLT. The next verse. For God wanted them to know. Oh, I like that bit. That's what got my attention. God actually, the thing that has been hidden there, God actually wants you to know. Ah! God has hid something, but now wants his people to know. So, Pastor, let them know the plan of God in the scripture for their generation, for our times. Yeah. If we change everything, we get all, oh, everybody becomes a millionaire. It doesn't change anything. No. So let's stop overemphasizing human freedoms and liberties. And, and ministers of the gospel start emphasizing God's agenda, plan, and pro, eternal plan. Look, it says that, for God wanted them to know that the riches and the glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. So in the past, the Gentiles, Gentiles were considered by Jews. Do you know how Jews considered Gentiles? Mm -hmm. Jesus said, Matthew 15, 26, mm -hmm. why should I take the children's bread? Mm -hmm. Among Jews, Gentiles are considered as dogs or swine. Yeah. Now Paul is writing and he says, God wants you to know that the Gentiles too, he didn't even call them dogs too. The Gentiles too can share in wow. the glory. This same glory, if something is hidden, it's now not only for the Jews, but it also begins to the Gentiles in Christ. Once you come in Christ, the curtain is torn. Once you come in Christ, the division is removed. Once you come in Christ, we are a one new man. Shout hallelujah. Let me finish with the Amplified. Let's, let's read from 26, Amplified 26. Wow. Then we read it through into the 27. Wow. The mystery of which was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men, but is now revealed to his holy people, the saints, to whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Wow. This is getting actually quite interesting. The riches of this mystery. The riches. Christians are riches. What we've got in God, the riches of this mystery. You are talking about redemption. You are talking about justification. You are talking about sanctification. You are talking about the reconciliation in God. You are talking about the blood of Jesus in our prayers. You are talking about the name of Jesus in our prayers. These are riches, the riches of, you are, you are talking about, there's no religion that has this wonderful thing. 
there's no religion. No, no religion. This is this is the most fantastic book you can think about. This thing, this thing. So why would why would a preacher close this and go for something else? What is what is wrong with you, a preacher? This thing, open it. Is the word this this is 66 books. These 66 books, the most glorious thing God can give to any human uh, group of human beings. This one. And you have been called to preach it. You have been called to teach Christ in it, and you put it aside. You put it aside, and you want to speak about what trends on social media. What is wrong with you? You need to meet Festus to tell you much learning is making you mad. <laughs> you are the one Festus you say that to. <laughs> this, talking about the riches, the riches. The riches of the glory among the Gentiles, among the Gentiles, the mystery. God willed that we, we will know this mystery. He willed it. He's pleased to make us. He has hidden this thing for generations, but now he's happy to make us know. Hallelujah. Yeah, Bible said to whom God is pleased to make them know. And then he says that, what is this whole mystery? The mystery is that Christ in you. <laughs> Christ in you. Say Christ in me. Say Christ in me. Say Christ in me. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. Christ in you. Hallelujah. Say Christ in me. It's a, it's a very important thing to appreciate that Christ, Christ in you is a big good news. It talks about Christ being in us. It says that check yourself that if Christ is in you, Romans chapter 8, verse 10, Christ in me, Christ in me. This thing is all in scripture. Romans 8, 10, but if Christ be in you, if Christ be in you, say Christ in me. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Christ in me. Christ in me, Christ in me. It is in scripture that Christ is in us. That is what, this is the, this is good news. Don't be ashamed of it. That's the good news. That Christ is in me. That Christ is in me. That Christ is in me. In Galatians 4:19. Christ, that Christ be formed in you. Christ is in me. That's the mystery. The mystery of God. Watch this as I end. The mystery of God. No wonder people keep arguing about it. Watch this. It's God manifesting the flesh. Christ is fullness of God in human expression. And Christ is not only Christ of history, but also Christ the Spirit. Who you see a church, you would think is a group of people. But the mystery is Christ as the Spirit, as the life. Who is our life? Christ who is our life. Christ the life is in the church. It's in the church. And the, the second aspect of the mystery, so the first aspect of the mystery is Christ who is the mystery of God is the fact that Christ is fully God. The second aspect is the church is the mystery of Christ. So Christ is the mystery of God. The church is the mystery of Christ. We are not just people gathering to clap our hands. People gathering to hear preaching. No, 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 if you think that's what it is, you are making a mistake. Because he said, King Agrippa, mm. that when he saw Christ, he said, why are you persecuting me? Yes. 
he didn't realize that the mystery is Christ is in this church. The church, Christ, is, Christ appeared to him. He fell. He said, who are you, Lord? He said, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you? He said, it's difficult to kick against the pricks. You are, you are kicking against something you are not meant to kick. You know, when you go to some places, car parks, there are places you don't drive. It's only one way. If you go the other way, there are some spikes. You can't succeed. And that's what Paul was trying to say. You are kicking against the goats. You are trying to shut down a church. You are kicking against the goats. You are kicking against pricks because you don't like a church. You are kicking against pricks because it's God himself you are dealing with. You've missed the mystery of, the, of, of Christ, which is the church. The church is Christ's body. It's Christ on earth. Don't make that mistake and thinking the church is Pastor David's. The church is just the, the, this bishop's church. The church is this just people who have met. This, this Korean church, this African church, this English church. Don't make that mistake. The church and in its entirety is the body of Christ. And if you touch the church, God will look at you. The great mysteries. So Paul said, these great mysteries, two aspects of the mystery. Say great mystery. Ephesians 5, 32. Great mysteries. This is great. This is great mystery. This is great mystery. What is the great mystery? But I speak concerning Christ. And I speak concerning the church. I speak concerning and I speak concerning church. As you are growing in Christ, as you are growing in knowledge, he said, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, according to the, we are being given grace according to the knowledge, according to the knowledge. As you are growing, he said, that I might know him, the excellency of knowing him. You are supposed to be growing, watch this, as you are growing in knowledge, as you are growing in grace, what actually is happening to you is you are beginning to get to grace about this mystery what Christ, who Christ really is, and how it relates to our life. Thou, he is life. If you have Christ, you have the life of God in you. And then how the church is not just a group of people. The church is actually the life, the organic life of God on earth. That's why I can say, God can't do anything on earth without the church. Because it's based on the revelation of what the church is. You have to be actively serving the church. Serve God's people. Because that is God's focus on earth. Hallelujah! It looks like when it comes to this mystery, I say kind of, you have to listen over and over. Sorry if, if I, I, some of you, I began to fan you to sleep. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> but in the nutshell, go and read it again. In the nutshell, the preaching of the complete word of God helps people to know that Jesus is God and he is the life giver, the source of God's life. And the church is the actual body of Christ. The church is the fullness of Christ. The church is the life of Christ in physical manifestation on earth that we will spend the rest of our lives understanding it better, understanding it better, understanding it better. And the more you understand this, the more you're actually spiritually growing. The more you understand this, the more you are growing in, in grace. That is the essence and the core of Christianity. And I see someone receiving grace. Did you receive something? Give Jesus some praise, hallelujah. 
Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also find more spirit-filled messages from Caris Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share the message. Be blessed.